Alright guys, welcome back to What The Puck. This is Season 2, Episode 12. As always, I'm Rob Zadek, alongside co-host... Tom McMahon. I hope everyone had a better week than us New York Islander fans did, as the New York Islanders are down bad, is what I will say. They're definitely struggling right now. So, quickly I'll go over our recent fan polls. Congratulations, the fans had their best week yet, defeating Rob and I. And we were talking shit actually earlier in the season, so I'm glad you guys are picking it up. You guys went 35 and 16, plus 19 win loss differential there. Very good. Bringing your overall record on the year to 125 and 104. Rob went 32 and 19, reclaiming the lead of first place with a record of 137 and 92. I went 28 and 23. Now that has a overall of 134. In 95, so I fall to three games behind Rob, and the fans are 12 games behind Rob. Heading into week six of the season. Again, keep voting, keep asking questions, comments, we love it. So Timmy Kunz hit us with our... We actually only got one fan question this week. Pretty sad, but let's hear it. So the one and only fan question is, who do you think will end with more points for the season? Will it be Leon Dreisaitl or Connor McDavid? Wow. That's it? Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a good question because both these players have started the season on an unbelievable run that I don't, know if we'll, I don't know if it'll slow down. Seriously, these two players are really making a point that they could be the best two players in the NHL right now, and that's crazy to say. Like, two players on the same team and they're the top two in the league, there is a reason why they're you know, number one in the division and one of the best teams in the league right now. I mean, Leon Dreisaitl has 17 goals in 15 games. Like, that's numbers that I, obviously I don't see it sustaining throughout the year. I don't think he's going to be a goal-per-game player because that's, you know, that's numbers that players were given in the 80s. May, not even that good, but I'm going to have to go with Leon Dreisaitl. And that's that's only because this power play is just ridiculous and... I really, truly think it's a coin flip right now. Drysaddle has 33 points and McDavid has 29 points, but the, a little four-point edge early on. I mean, I just think it's like when McDavid's scoring, it's an assist from Drysaddle. When Drysaddle's scoring, it's an assist from McDavid. It's just This is just how it's been going all season. I just think maybe Drysaddle has the edge in goal-scoring ability. So maybe I'm just going to give a slight edge to Drysaddle to finish out the year. I do think both of them are going to, be one and two at the end of the season and I do believe both of them are going to be at around 125 to 140 points at the end of this year so I'm going to go Leon Dreisaitl will lead the league in scoring this year all right I'll pick McDavid just to be different uh I I, I don't even know like it's it, it's a coin flip I, I don't really know it's kind of a stupid question in my opinion I, it's like it's it's a, it's a, two good players and who's going to get more points and they play on the same team so you can't even evaluate, you know, who's on the better team. I mean, it's just it, it, either or. But I'll, I'll pick the better player, and I guess uh, that's Connor McDavid. Yeah, the power play is running at a forty-two point five percent right now, which would shatter records. I mean, that's just uh, being an opposing team and taking a penalty, knowing that half the time, almost half the time, it's going to be a goal is just is just scary. So there, there is. I mean, obviously. They're putting up a lot of these points because of the power play. Clearly, they're not putting up two points a game on five on five. The power play is a big reason to it. But, you know, the best players in the world, they excel on the power play, clearly. So, I went with Dreisaitl. He went with McDavid. I do think me and Rob still have the bet at the end of the season. I have Connor McDavid to have more than 110 points. And right now, he is, I could quickly tell you, on track for... He's got 29 points in 15 games, so he's on track for about 150 points around that area. So I'm looking pretty good right now. And Drysidle's on track for almost 180 points, but obviously we don't know if that's going to hold. You know, Obviously it's near impossible for them to be putting up over two points a game. So thank you for the question. We are going to hop into what happened literally the day after last episode. We talked about where we thought Jack Eichel was going to end up. We kind of 
brought it down to two teams, Calgary and Vegas. Obviously, I said Calgary. Robbie said Vegas. I just thought Calgary offered more, but clearly this is where Eichel ended up. We'll go over the trade right now. Vegas gets Jack Eichel and a 2022 third-round pick. Buffalo receives Alex Tuck, Peyton Krebs, a 2022 first-round pick, and a 2023 second-round pick. So some notable things about this trade. Alex Tuck, you would think, obviously he was a part of this Vegas team since the start, and you would think it's a little upsetting for him, but he was actually very excited to play for, for Buffalo. He grew up in Buffalo. This is like a hometown dream for him. This is, he grew up, you know, rooting for the team. This is just a really cool, cool situation for him. And hopefully in the next few years, Buffalo can really turn it around. Although they've actually looked pretty decent this year. Uh, and Jack Eichel, wow. This is just wild. This team can be seriously good around playoff time. Recently, he did an interview saying, he should be ready around three months. There's no definite date. There's no definite time. He just said this surgery is usually a three-month process where he could be you know, back really playing in three months. So three months is around playoff time. It's with a few weeks left to go before playoffs. But if they can get – if Vegas can get into the playoffs and they could have a first line of Mark Stone, Jack Eichel, Max Pacioretty – and then have Leonard and Nett, have Petrangelo back there. I mean, this team 100% could be back in the conference finals and even go for it this year. So, uh, You really think they're going to make the playoffs? Yeah. I still think even with Eichel, they're not going to make the playoffs. What do you mean they're not going to make the playoffs? I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. I think that they're in uh, – I, I said the Pacific was the worst division. I, honestly, I, I thought I'd change it to the Central. I just – I think the Pacific is pretty much – I think the Pacific is pretty much cut and dry right now. Yeah, it's just crazy. So you think Anaheim's going to keep it up, and you think LA Kings are going to keep it up? I think Anaheim, like I said, y'all, this might be the time Anaheim keeps it up. Anaheim is playing some great hockey, and they're beating some good teams, and rightfully so beating good teams. They're not, like, getting dominated and and pulling out wins out of their ass. No, they're, they're pretty good. I, yeah. I, I listen, listen, John Gibson. I don't know where that claim you made in the beginning of the season came from, but that's actually looking very good. No, he is one of the best skilled goalies in the league, one hundred percent. It's uh, been known. It's been you know he's been playing really, really good, good hockey. I mean, he's under three point oh goal uh, goals against average. Um, I, I hope he's under. I hope he's under a three point oh. <laughs> under a three point oh is fucking. Everyone should be under a three point oh. I meant under like a two point five. He's no, yeah. he's definitely he's definitely yeah. up there. He's having a great. Getzlaff has just as many points in thirteen games, and he did all of last season. Yeah, I did see that stat. That was um, awesome. I just I, I'm happy with those three teams. Obviously, those three teams are Edmonton, Calgary, and and. Anaheim. And what about LA Kings? You think LA Depends, Kings are going to hold know, it over Vegas? N- not really. LA Kings has has goaltending issues. No, I'm going to take five teams from the Central still. Okay. Central's the, uh, probably the weakest team, but I don't know. Just the way things are looking and how tight it is. Uh, the Central plays more games against the Central, so they're going to you know, have more easy points with those top-heavy teams. So I'm still sticking with five teams from the Central, three teams from the Pacific. And, and you're I, taking Anaheim I, over Vegas and LA. I'm taking Anaheim because they have a better goaltender. I'm taking Anaheim because they have better leadership. I'm taking uh, Edmonton because obviously. They're, they're obviously one of, one of the top five teams in the league. And Calgary, Calgary. is just... As of as of today, Calgary is the team that has the best chance to win the Stanley Cup. As of today, which is crazy to say. So um, I'm 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 comfortable with those three teams. That's via MoneyPuck.com. That's not, you know, I'm not I am not happy with Vegas because they're just an injury prone team with not a good goaltender. Yeah, right. I wouldn't say Leonard. I think Leonard's a good goaltender. I I disagree with that. Yeah, I think Leonard's Leonard's definitely good enough to win a Stanley Cup with. Uh, yeah, I think I think the addition of Eichel really can you know push them to to be a serious. I think they are a contender already, and they could seriously be a. If Leonard was that good of a goaltender, their their asses should have been in the Stanley Cup last year. But they couldn't beat the worst team to make the playoffs. Well, Flurry was, was playing Leonard. last year. Flurry, not, not Game Six, well, the elimination game. Well, they switched it up. Mm-hmm. They were two goalie systems usually work. They don't Th- have that, that wasn't a two goalie system last year. Flurry and Leonard. No, Flurry gave up a really, really bad goal 
to it's, Anderson. I remember. That's um, why Leonard came in. But Leonard is nowhere near a Stanley Cup caliber goaltender. He he could he could be with a, a sick def- like a sick sick solid defense in front of him like the St. Louis Blues. But like I said, you know, you can't you can't win a Stanley Cup with just an average goaltender. You could win one an average goaltender with a great defensive core. Corey Crawford is my example. But you can't win if you don't have people like Hellebuck, Vasilevsky, and people like John Gibson in front of you. Believe it or not. Those are your solid goaltenders that could steal you a cup. Leonard cannot. All right. Absolutely I, cannot. I will agree that Leonard is not on the elite tier, but I would definitely put him in the top half of the league as goaltenders go. We'll, we'll, we'll see now. We'll, yeah, we'll see. We'll keep track of those games yeah, between the, Vegas and those top three teams. The thing is, though, we're saying is that Eichel won't be playing. Like, he's saying it'll be three months, but who knows? Obviously, the surgery that he got has never been done in the NHL. He's the first NHL player to get the surgery. Um... And they're without him, and they're without William Carlson now. For the, Obviously, Eichel for th- at least three months, and then Carlson's out for at least another month and a half. So this team is definitely banged up right now. And I do truly think throughout the 82-game season, they'll, they'll get it together and they'll get into the playoffs. And I think that's a team that just has to get in for them to make a run. I don't think they need that home ice advantage. They, they'll, They'll flourish, is what I'll say. And I think Eichel's hungry to play in the playoffs. I really think he wants to prove himself. He hasn't played hockey in how long? So long. So. And, that's, and that's a benefit. The longer you don't play hockey, the hungrier you get, which means the better you get. Is that a question? Yeah. Is I that mean, the way you view that? No. I, I think he's going to be rusty, but I think it's still Jack Eichel we're talking about here. On top of being rusty, you realize once he comes back after the three-month minimum, he still has to do team bonding. He still has to learn the systems. Like it's hard, it's, well, he's there. They, you he's you there learn now. the systems. You, yeah, you watch the film and you do that, but you can't skate. That's a huge difference, whether you're on the ice or you're off the ice. Well, I think, it's yeah. the biggest difference in the world. So on top of the three He'll months... He'll be able to skate. It's like three months till he's able to play. So, I mean, I think there's Three months steps. minimum. Well, it's all he said in the interview was three months. That was his, that's like the goal. So, which is the minimum. But you gotta understand, like after a month, he'll be able to skate. Obviously, just no contact, and then maybe like two months, he'll be able to skate with small contact. Like I think he'll be able to skate, learn the system, learn what they're doing there. I mean, he's coming to the. He's gonna be their top guy. Like he's, you know, he's gonna be their number one top forward. forward. He is. Yes. And then you think, and you think that there's enough time after that, after that injury period, and after that, let me learn how to play with these guys. You think there's enough time for them to squeeze into the playoffs? Yeah, because what I'm thinking is, you could almost look at it as a. This is going to be after like the 50 game mark. Yeah. This is this is this, so this can, is I'm talking like less than 30 you, games left. Yeah, I'm thinking like 60 game, like 20 games left. I just think you could look at the situation. I think Vegas is good enough alone where they'll make the playoffs without without. Eichel all year. I truly think they are good enough. I don't think they're going to win the division, like I like I think we picked earlier in the season. But I do think that they are better than Anaheim and they're better than the LA Kings. I think Edmonton's better. And that I, do, that doesn't matter whether you win the division or not because that that division well, if you're, is so yeah. inexperienced with playoffs that it do, it doesn't yeah. matter where you seed. I just think they're going to end up in the top three in that division. I think they'll 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 outlast Anaheim and they're going to outlast LA. And the top three is going to be Edmonton, Calgary, and Vegas. I just I think the best case scenario is they finish four and something weird happens with the Central. All right, and they get in via wild card. Well, what I'm saying is you could look at it as a almost like a trade deadline acquisition. You know where teams teams that are contenders make that little move but those are healthy individuals that have been playing the, the previous 60 yeah. something games this is an individual that will not be playing know, but it's Jack for an Eichel. entire season and a half I just like which is a total of over two years and it's definitely uh, you could it's there's a little question mark and you could definitely say it to me russ but again it's it is still jack eichel who when he was at his best you could debate as a top five center in the league so i mean that's where that's the only. That's why I, little, I have a little optimism here because of how good he really can be. Like he's not. It's not like adding a, you know, a twenty-five goal scorer or adding a twenty. Like this guy in his prime is over a point per game. Like he, you, he's elite when at healthy. So, anything else on the on the Eichel saga? No, I'm I'm chilling. The uh, the East gets easier. I mean that's yeah. that's good. I know, but I guess one last thing was. In the interview, Eichel said that if he was able to get the surgery that he wanted, he would have returned to Buffalo. He says that now. He's just hey, he's just happy he left, and he'll yeah. say whatever he so wants to say. So there are people saying what Robbie's saying right now. Of course, he just obviously. I think he's he says something like that to you know ease the hate with the fans because 
who knows that return? Who knows if that's going to be harsh or not? But because I don't think there's a good relationship between Eichel and the Sabers in general. So we'll move on to some of the worst week and a half of hockey I've really watched in a in a really long time. I feel like the New York Islanders struggles. So the New York Islanders coming off beating. Um, the Winnipeg Jets two to nothing. We were five two and two. We go into Minnesota. We're leading that game two to one going into the third period. So the New York Islanders are five two and two. Two to one lead. You're thinking maybe we could. Get, I'm happy with a point. Imagine being you know five two and three or even six two and two. Like this is just unbelievable. Like I said from the beginning. 13 games, the goal is 13 points, and we were right on track for that. We were on track to demolish that number. But you're on track for 13, but did you think when you said that, that you guys would be dead last in the division? No. Or did you think 13 was going to be one of those? No, I thought thought 13 was going to be, you know, 7, 6, or 5 in the division is what I thought. But obviously the Metropolitan is ridiculous. The Islanders end up allowing four goals in that third period, obviously two empty netters, but they lose that game 5-2. to two. They end up absolutely just... It's like the season turned. They go into New Jersey. I actually went to that game. I traveled to New Jersey. They get shut out 4 to nothing. Th- that game was actually crazy pregame. There, there were more, I, th- I really think that there were like more Islander fans in that building than Devils fans. Doesn't really matter. The Devils shut them out for nothing. And honestly, I think the Islanders actually played good. And that's where this was, I think, a tur- really a bad turning point in the trip was a game like the, the game that they played in New Jersey where they outshot them by 10 the whole entire game. They, they had Barzell had a breakaway. They had two on ones. They were hitting posts. And then they would dominate the play for three, four minutes they go down the other way, a two-on-one goal. Like that. That's just how that game went. And I think that's just so deflating for the team. And now knowing that, oh, we're not going home. Now we're going to Florida. It's like, I think the team was just so deflated. They lose 4 nothing to the Devils. They go to, they finish their, their road trip against the two Florida teams who are still two of the top, you know, five or six teams, two of the top or five, six teams in the league. It was 4-1 to to Tampa. And then they absolutely laid an egg last night against the Panthers. And they lose 6-1. to one. Some other negatives. We lose Ryan Pulak for four to six weeks. Josh Bailey's got COVID. What the fuck? Like, oh, man. Anything else? Yeah. It's just the team. <laughs> like, I, look, I won't. As an Islander fan, if you're listening as an Islander fan, I would not 100% hit the panic button yet. Not yet. I'll give you a few reasons why. A... <laughs> Kyle Palmieri scored a goal last night. That is great news that Palmieri scored a goal last night. That's huge. Please, Palmieri. We're paying you $5 million a year. Big top six forward on that team. Yeah, I know. Big no. top six, And bro. I'll give you that. I'll any be- any top six forward on any team, that guy. It's fucking awesome. No, I know. I'll give you that. He is definitely not, you know, lived up to the expectations. He fought- Hopefully... Hopefully, look, he was streaky last year. He had two goals in the 14 regular season games that he played, goes into the playoff, and scores seven goals in 12 games. Like, that's, like, there were two different players, postseason and regular season. Hopefully, Palmieri, you know, obviously it was a pointless goal. It it made the game 5-1, to but maybe some sort of, they could, at least Palmieri as as an individual can take something out of the game. Like, I fucking netted one. Like, let me get something going here. Obviously, number two. They haven't played a home game yet. So right now they're five, six, and two. Last year, the New York Islanders, their away record was 11, 13, and four. So if you really do the math here, it's almost identical. Like if they were to finish, if they were to double this, you know, five, six, and two, it would be 10, 12, and four. Like a very similar record. Their home record last year was 21, four, and three. So this is, these are just some of the reasons why I truly wouldn't hit the panic button yet, is because. How successful they were at home last year kind of brings a little light to us. It's like, okay, because the Islanders rely on their matchups. Barry Trotz is one of the best head coaches in the league for a reason. He is going to put 
his guys that he wants against their best players every single night. For those who don't know this, the home team gets last change. So the away team gets to put out their line that they're going to put out for this shift. Obviously, and the Islanders get to ma- not match, but put out whatever line they want to against that line. It's basically matchups. Not many people know this, but that's why some home and away does have a huge, a huge, uh, what's the word? Advantage, yeah, advantage. Uh, those are my only real reasons why there should be some hope. But now it's it's just don't look at the standings because it hurts to look at the standings because you'll get you'll get the playoff spot and where we are six points out of a playoff spot, but again a few games in hand. So it's like, are we really that far out of a playoff spot? No, but it's just the way that we looked. We've we. We haven't. We're obviously on a four-game losing streak, and we haven't looked like engaged in the game at all. We look like a fucking AHL team. Like I feel like the Sound Tigers could have put up a better fight than f- against Florida last night. The defense doesn't look the same as they did last year. Last year we were uh, a goal away from having the best goals against both the best goals against average in the league for back-to-back years. We didn't obviously Vegas beat us by a hair, but there's just things that I think need to change, and hopefully being home helps. Obviously, again, we're not going to have Josh Bailey for the home opener, most likely. I think that sucks for him. He's our longest tenured player, and he's not going to be at the home opener in the new arena. And now Ryan Pulock's out four to six weeks, so that sucks. I did hear that Robin Salo, young defenseman in Bridgeport who has been doing great down there, was not in the lineup tonight for Bridgeport. So, you know, obviously I'm not making any acquisitions, but it's, all fingers point towards him coming and practicing and then maybe being in the lineup for Saturday's home opener against the Calgary Flames. Anything on the Islanders, Rob? Yeah, uh, positive. Uh, you guys moved Zach Parisi to the first line. Uh-huh. Only 13 games late, I'd say. And what did he assisted on Barzell's goal the other night against TBL? Uh-huh. Finally, we're utilizing – or we. Not we. Please. Sorry. Uh-huh. They are finally utilizing him in the in the right way. Now all of a sudden, now the guy's going to start to produce. I mean, just it, it, he's he, you guys were underutilizing him. You guys were only playing him for about twelve and a half to thirteen minutes a game. That's that's not how you treat a Zach Parisi. If you want a Zach Parisi to you know go off on points with you guys, I think right next to Barzell is perfect. I see that he's also playing with Kyle Palmieri on that top line. Maybe that's why Palmieri scored. I know they. Yeah. That's the problem is you guys are constantly changing, and it's like David Quinn with the Rangers last year. Stick stick with Barzell and Parisi on your first line because with Lee, with Lee, it's always Barzell and Lee. With Lee, that's what I would do. That that's interesting. With Lee, Lee's a body, Barzell's speed, and then Parisi's a little bit of both. Yeah, but you, you know what is is even Bar Barzell and. And Parisi haven't been doing as as what they expect what they are expected to do. I would break up the B line. They did already. I would break, but I would put Brock Nelson, who's your top scorer right now, right? Seven goals, two assists. Yeah. I what what four games against Montreal? But four goals, yeah. Four goals, yeah. Uh, I would stick him on the top line to help produ- help the scoring, goal scoring, and that'll help produce points. And ho- producing points produces confidence, which uh, is obviously a good thing. Um, that's the only thing I'm going to say about the Islanders is that you guys started, to, I think, make the right move with Zach Parisi. I mean, utilize the fuck out of him. You only got one year with them. Yeah. Just get, just, uh, if, who knows? You could bring back a 60-point Zach Parisi. I mean, he did it two years ago. It's it's not that far off. I mean, but Again. but, but sticking him with fucking Wallstrom, uh, Wallstrom and Palmieri or whatever. No, Pajot and Wallstrom. Or Paul, Pajot. And Wallstrom. And, that was it. No, Palmieri. It was a two x to start the season. It was Pajot, Parisi, Wallstrom it was the third line. Trust me. However, it was useless, absolutely useless as a pl- useless utilization, should I say? But yeah, I understand. Right. I got nothing else to say. Yeah, I understand. I could see the lines are definitely up in the air. There's just no, there's no, no one's producing offense. We can't score goals right now. It was the same problem as last year. We didn't go out and get the goal scorer. I mean. We were hoping Palmieri can put up 25 this year. We're hoping Parisi can put up 20 this year. I think Nelson's obviously on track for 25-plus. Lee's on track for 20-plus. Barzell's on track for 20-plus. But then you got guys who are just clearly underperforming. Palmieri, 
Pajot. Pajot has just been not the same player as he always has been. He started off really good, too. That's the sad part. Yeah, Pajot, like, Pajot is a fan favorite for a reason because he obviously kills penalties. He he has some some of the shifts that he has. You're like, he's the best third liner in the NHL. Like, you, you, legit, you legitimately can say that because you watch him sometimes and you're like, oh, this guy's a top six. He's obviously a playoff performer, clearly, throughout all his, his whole career. He's always been a playoff performer. He led the Islanders in points literally the whole postseason last year. Uh, but this year, he's got he got one goal against Montreal, and it was kind of like a, you know, it was a goal to make it like 5 nothing. It really didn't mean much. Other than that, I, I'm just, you know, speechless. I, I really think he needs to step up his game. And I'm really just hoping that this home... Being home and finally getting a little home stretch here can seriously turn this team around because I still have belief. I'm not, I, there's a lot of fans out there that are, you know, saying, "Oh, no, no, no chance this team makes playoffs." Like none of this. Like you gotta just. There's so many different situations where teams start off slow and then turn it up. Obviously, two was it two uh, three years ago, St. Louis Blues last place in the league turned it around at the All Star break. We're not even near the All Star break, guys. So I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be that nervous. I would hit the panic button. We have four games at home here coming St. up. St. Louis Blues were in the Metropolitan. I know, but I'm just saying. We have four games at home here. This is, this is truly where the panic button can be hit. Actually, we got to see how this team shows up these next four games. And can I tell you something right now? They aren't against easy teams either. Calgary Flames, like we just said, are this year one of the powerhouses in the league so far. Toronto Maple Leafs, one of the hottest teams in the league. New York Rangers, one of the hottest teams in the league. And then, you know, a, a struggling Pittsburgh Penguins. So these next four games at home are huge. Seriously, season-turning huge. If this team can, you know, get points in all four or even win three out of four, something like that, I think the whole season turns. But if this team lays an egg and gets one win out of these next four games, panic button officially hit. And that's, that's where I'll end with the Islander struggles. We'll move over to the other New York team that is just Rob. Rob's going to get into you know his team right here because it's just they're ten three and three. They're top five in the league right now, I believe. Yeah, they're fourth in the NHL right now. Twenty three points, better than any team in the West according to points. Yeah, they're out of the top four teams in the league. Three of them are in the Metropolitan. What do you know? So, Rob, why don't you why don't you tell us about your New York Rangers and your how you feel about them right now? Okay, uh, mixed opinions here. Um, so, like he said, 10-3-3. Three, three. Uh, keep scrolling across those standings. You're going to see goals for and goals against. Uh, same fucking number. That's not good. Um, that's not good at all. I know we could blame, you know, part of that is 11 goals probably was just at the, just the Calgary. Uh, I mean, that was at 6-1 and 5-1, so that's nine goals right there. When we win games, we're winning games by one goal. That's just not. That's just not how. Not how we play. And uh, two game, two games ago, when we played the New Jersey Devils, uh, you know, I sit next to my dad. Uh, Rangers played how the Rangers play. They go up a goal, you know, either early third period or the end of the second period, and then they play defensive hockey. They play like the Tampa Bay Lightning in Game Six last year against the Islanders. You can't play hockey that way. You can if you, you can if if you're a different team, but if we're, you're the New York Rangers. And you want to sit there and play dump and chase, you're just going to get scored on every fucking time. And we saw it. We, we saw it. We saw it against Edmonton. We saw it against uh, Florida. Thank God we hung on. Because honestly, if we, if we only put, if we, three goals going into, you know, three goals going into the third period, you know, you should feel pretty good about yourself. And at home. Should be, the crowd should be all hyped and everything, but that's a dangerous, dangerous game. And then we do the same shit against the Devils, and we almost lose. If it wasn't for our great break, like breakaway skills, we would have lost that game. And we had no business losing that game if we just stuck to just playing the same way. When the Rangers are up a goal, they got to play like they're tied. That's how you got to play. You got to play a little bit defensive, but you can't stop the aggressiveness. You can't get to the red line and fucking jump, dump, and chase every time. No, carry the puck in. Just don't turn the puck over at the blue line. It's very, it's very simple. It's very simple. Don't turn the puck at the blue. You think you're going to turn it over? Dump and chase. But obviously, they're just dumping and they're chipping out of the defensive zone, letting it get to neutral ice, changing, and then all of a sudden, it's a break the other way. That's not how you win games. That's not how you win games. So in a way, how should I say this without sounding like a dick? In a way, the Rangers need to lose one of these games. 
They they have to. They have to be up three goals going into the third period and just lose a game outright without getting a point in extra time because that's the only way we're going to lose. We can't we can't do what we did against the Devils, win in a seven round shootout, and then all smiles on the face, high fiving each other, giving away the Broadway hat in the fucking locker room. Because that that shit doesn't fly. That's the New Jersey Devils. All of a sudden, we play the Edmonton Oilers, and it's a different fucking story. We stop we stop with their defensive matchups. We don't put Fox out there. We got Nemeth and Truba, which fucking Truba is the worst defenseman on the Rangers at the moment. Um, we just we just stop playing. We just stop using our brains, and it's, and it just pisses me off. And we don't learn. We don't learn. We just keep fucking doing it and doing it and doing it. So at no point, if you guys want to make some money, live bet the other fucking team when the Rangers are up. Wait till the third period so you don't got much time left so the fucking odds are up. That's the way I'd start playing. Until the Rangers get an eye opening where they, you know, they go, uh, go into a third period up three goals and they wind up not getting a point from the game. You get an ass kicking from Gallant in the locker room. That's when all of a sudden they're like, you know what, we really need to fucking try a little harder. Because right now the, the these... The way they play in the third period is pathetic. It's pathetic. Absolutely pathetic. Um, uh, in terms of how they played in the against the Western teams, I mean, it, it's just it's just as simple as this, guys. Teams in the East, they try to be fast. They try to be as fast as the teams in the West. Doesn't really work. But then the teams in the West try to be as physical as the teams in the East, and, and that doesn't really work either. So it's always a weird matchup when it comes to... Uh, the East versus West matchups. I mean, I mean, I I would guess I would edge towards physicality over speed. Mm-hmm. Um, just because you know, just because in the past six years, um, five out of the last six years, an East team won the Stanley Cup, uh, including last year, two Eastern teams were in the Stanley Cup. I mean, I I just it, it's hard. It's hard. You know, you walk away from the West, you know, you beat Seattle, you lose to Vancouver. There's another game right there. Another fucking example. Vancouver up 2 nothing going into the third fucking period. But somehow we pull a point out of it. I mean, that's another fucking game, guys. That's shit I'm talking about. Uh, Vancouver, uh, Calgary was an ass kicking, and then Edmonton was the same shit. So, um, I mean, t- consider it. I mean, we got we got four points from it. Consider it a success. But you know what? We should have got at least at least six or seven from that. At, at least, especially you know, Vancouver should have been two points. Seattle was obviously two points. I mean, Edmonton. We got we we look like the best team in the NHL in that first period, guys. That was the best I've seen the Rangers play all season, and there's no doubt in my mind that first period against Edmonton, we were an elite team right there. That was a Stanley Cup looking team. But the but then all of a sudden, it's like twenty minutes later, it's like up. Oh, Back to the same New York Rangers. I just don't like the way we pass. I just don't like the way we skate. The Rangers are the most inconsistent team in the NHL. And I have to agree with that 100%. And we're inconsistent not on a game-to-game basis. We're, we're, we're inconsistent on a period-to-period basis. And that's fucking pathetic. That shit, don't, that shit don't fly. That shit don't fly. Last thing I want to talk about the Rangers is that... God damn it, bro. We suck at face-offs, man. I, I don't know like why we don't designate face-off time during practice. I, we should be practicing face-offs. Our number one center is one of the worst face-off takers in the entire league. And we pay him fucking $9.5 million or eight point five, something in that range. Yeah. He can't win a fucking face-off. And he's on PP Unit 1. So guess what happens? Every two-minute power play we got is only a minute 30. Because every fucking time we lose the face-off and they clear it down the ice. Honestly, the way we should be rolling now is win the face-off forward. Just tell your wingers, <laughs> I'm, looking, I'm looking to win it forward. We have a better chance than that than trying to win one out of fucking eight times and we pull it back to, you know, Fox. I mean, I'm just, you know... There's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of stuff you have to look into the Ranger games to see what the fuck's going on because there's no way that we deserve a 10-3-3 record right now. I'll take it. I'm happy with it. But if you look at the analytics right now, the Rangers are supposed to finish with like 98 points, which is, I think, like 10th or 11th in the league. And we have like the 21st best odds to win the Stanley Cup. That goes to show you guys something right there is that like the New York Islanders that are dead last in the division right now, have a better chance to win the Stanley Cup than the New York Rangers, according to moneypuck.com, which is the most reliable analytic source I think there is in the entire internet. So, Rangers got to do something. And I I seriously think that they're blinded by the wins, they're blinded by the success. I think certain fans that don't watch and they just keep wake up every morning and they see that the Rangers got another two points, the Rangers got another two points. Oh, the Rangers only lost in overtime last night. Had no idea they gave up a two-goal lead, but they lost in overtime, got a point. Oh, they're looking good, looking good, looking good. I think if you actually sat down and watch a game, you're going to see that this team has a lot of problems. And the only way to solve that problem is they just need they just need a wake-up call. 
And I, you know what? I think we got enough breathing room right now to take that wake-up call. I mean, uh, we got a tough team tomorrow, Toronto, uh, in Toronto. Uh, what would I like to see? I'd like to see the Rangers winning 3 nothing in the third period and lose 5-3. <laughs> That's what I'd like to see because the Rangers need that adjustment. I, I can't watch this Rangers that, you know, have this great record, go to the playoffs, maybe pull out a first-round win, and then get swept in the second round because that is the path in which we are going. Agreed? Yeah. Agreed I, because that is the way the New York Rangers are playing right now. They are not playing like an elite team. They're playing like an elite team in, like, the first period or the second period, but not the entirety of the 60 minutes. That's the Rangers' problem right now. And it's not as preve- prevalent right now because we have, we're also playing bottom bottom any. I mean, other than Florida, Edmonton, Calgary twice, everybody else we played is bottom half of the league, in my opinion. I mean, the only people we versed in the Metropolitan was Columbus twice and New Jersey. Uh, and Washington well, and was lost, wa- Washington yeah. was Washington. And that's the way it's going to be if the Rangers keep continuing to play like this, in my opinion. Yeah. So, um... I get yeah, it. that's really it. So, uh, you know, conclusion to this, Rangers are 10-3-3, three, three, but they are not playing good at all. They are not playing good hockey, guys. I I will promise you, I'll, I'll get you, I'll let you guys know when I see a good game from the New York Rangers. A, a good game entirety. I see bits and pieces. I see shift by shift, period by period. But once I see 60 minutes of New York Rangers solid hockey like I used to watch from 2012 to 2015, I'll let you guys know. I'll let you guys know when this Ranger team could have beat the one of those teams back then. Mm-hmm. Because right now, we're not close. Yeah. Because we're, we're trying to win a cup. It's our tenure now, guys. It's our tenure. It's where we start buying big fucking players. 40% of our cap is locked up between four players. This is our time. So stop fucking wasting it. That's it for me. Yeah. I think they're definitely overproducing for the way they're playing. I think this team has way more points than they deserve, in my opinion. I think there's games where Shesterkin stood on his head which isn't a bad thing. Again, stealing games is a great feeling, but I think they've stolen a lot of games. And that is not a recipe for success. I think in the long run, you know, with a little harder schedule, I wouldn't be surprised if this team goes on a small, like this little winning, they're six, one and two in their last nine. I could see, a, you know, a, a two, one, and you know what I'm saying? A two, six and one stretch because a lot of these games, like for example, the Florida game, you you win four to three, but you get outshot forty five to sixteen. Like that, those that game gets played ten times, and they're gonna lose nine out of those times. Again, Florida is one of the most elite teams in the league, but even you play them in Florida, that's even a worse result. Yeah, that's I mean, Florida, play twenty times, you're gonna lose nineteen out of twenty like yeah, that. I, I just I, I and obviously I'm a hater of the Rangers. I will say that, and I, I will, there's very small positive things. That I'll, that I'll admit about the Rangers, and obviously it's going to be Adam Fox. I think he's just continuing his his success, and he's obviously going to be up there for the Norris again this year. But I think it's just been the Adam Fox show and the Igor Shosturkin show, and they are carrying the Rangers, in my opinion, right now. I And I'll say Chris Kreider, too, which kills me to say. I think Chris Kreider's been an animal this year. But I think that Panarin 5-on-5... Five has not been the Panarin of the past two years. I think Lafreniere is not performing like a number one overall pick. Oh, maybe he should have spent some time in the HL. I don't know, but he's got four. Uh, what is it? Four points in sixteen games. I mean, I feel like Kako's played better than Lafreniere. Kako finally got on the score sheet the past two games, but he was pointless in his first twelve games or his first ten games, whatever it was, for a number two overall pick. You don't like to see that. But it just sucks because I fucking hate them so much. Like, I really do. And every night it's a Rangers win and an Islanders loss. And there's nights where I'm like, wow, like, the, the, literally the Islanders-Devils night. I was like, oh, the Islanders actually, like, they, they lost 4 nothing, but they actually played pretty good. They, they shot, oh my goodness, they shot the puck into Mackenzie Blackwood's chest, like, every single fucking time. I swear to God, Kyle Palmieri must have shot into his chest, like, 10 times that game, whatever, it doesn't matter. And then I go and I look over and the Rangers get outplayed by Florida and then they just win the game. Like, that's just how it's been this season. And I don't, I don't think it's going to last. I don't think the Rangers are a top five team in the NHL. And I don't think Robbie thinks that either. They, I, they, the problem is, it's like, they have these spurts. Yeah, they obviously. They have these fucking spurts. Like, the first period of the Edmonton game against, you know, like th- those are like... I don't know what to. Th- I don't know what else to say. It's like they had these spurts where it's like, holy shit, this team is fucking legit. Like nobody's touching this team. 
Igor's not letting anything by him, and they don't stop scoring. But then they go on these fucking like they go on these breakdowns, three goals in three minutes. Like, well, I, I just, literally, like last good night, teams don't do that. Last night against um, Montreal. Montreal. Obviously, they're went up one nothing, tie one one, went up two one. Um, Montreal was uh, you watch the game and the ice was tilted. You're like Montreal's gonna put one in. It's just, uh, and the next thing shocking. you know, the the Rangers get one opportunity and they score. Like that's how it's been. Like which again is very, like if you're a Ranger fan, you're loving it because you're winning games and you're watching them. You're like, holy shit! Like that shit don't fly in the playoffs. Well, uh, obviously that doesn't fly in the playoffs because it's a seven game series and you're not gonna. Obviously, you could seal a game here and there, but in a seven game series, the better team most likely wins. I just am. Some of these Ranger fans need to relax, I think. Not you. I think some of these Ranger fans need to watch a game and stop <laughs> looking at the standings. Like, seriously. Seriously. Like I said, like I said, points don't define a player and points don't define a team. You got to watch the game. You have to watch the game. There's a, re- there's a reason why the Rangers are fifth, fourth place in the entire NHL right now and, and have the 21st best odds to win the Stanley Cup. There's a reason why. Yeah. There's, a reason, there's a reason why we have a zero goal differential right now. And the teams above us have 20, 22, 17. Toronto's at four. And then all of a sudden, Anaheim, Edmonton, Winnipeg, Calgary, teams, 15, yeah. 14. Like, that's... It's... There's a reason why. You gotta watch the games, guys. You gotta watch the games. Yeah. You, you have to. I, I mean, in my fan polls, in, or your fan polls, but in my picks, I haven't been t- picking the Rangers. That's where a bunch of my losses are coming from. <laughs> which, I sh- honestly, I'm going to keep riding with the other team because the Rangers, honestly, aren't deserving to win these games. They're just not. I'm sorry. They're just, they, they just, they're not. I'm very excited. We actually have coming up, finally, our first uh, Islander Ranger game. We have Next Wednesday, when we're supposed to be doing this podcast. Ooh, yeah. Maybe we'll do a little... Let's, we'll pop, let's pop it on Tuesday. Yeah. Big Ranger Islander. Big, big, because this is how the season's going. Like, obviously, we'll see how the first two games in the arena go, but if if the Islanders are... They, they get a few wins there and Rangers come in hot, like, that's going to be a hot game, man. That is going to be, you know... That's a fucking momentum game right there. And we yeah. play them... Uh, Four nights after that, in the garden, though. In the garden. In the so. garden. So that's going to be some two. two we, got, we got a game November twenty fourth and November twenty eighth. Islander Ranger games. Very, very excited for those. Not excited because those those are the the anxieties through the roof during those games. It's almost like playoff intensity. You know, everyone. Lo- those are those are some of the craziest games. But I picture all the games going into overtime. I could see it. I picture the Rangers being up like three two, going ten minutes left in the third period, and then uh, every game goes into overtime. The rain. If the Islanders win, it's going to be in. It's going to be in overtime, and if the Rangers win, it's going to be in a shootout. I see both the games going like that. We, it's just the oh no, we've the Islanders have owned the Rangers in the past four years, like owned. Different teams this year. Different teams. Last year, would we go six different and two? Teams. We got six a, and we got, two. But we have a different coach. Yeah, that's yeah. A, that's a big fucking difference. We don't have a coach that has to stump up his ass no more. Yeah. So. That uh, so Isles struggles, Rangers success, although. I don't think Islanders are playing well at all, but I also don't think the Rangers are playing their best hockey. But it's I guess it's a good sign that they're ten three and three right now. So some notable injuries that happened in the past I guess week or so. Patrick Line out four to six weeks with an oblique injury. That hurts Columbus. That's their best player, and now I am waiting for them to start to struggle. Like what the hell is Columbus doing, man? Columbus is Above 500, obviously, they're ahead of the Devils, ahead of the Penguins, ahead of the Islanders, where I didn't expect them to be. But Line's out. Barkov last night against the Islanders went knee-to-knee with Scott Mayfield. He's now week-to-week with a knee injury. That sucks. I have him on fantasy. That really hurts. Uh, He's been going off this year. I picked him to win the MVP. I mean, I don't know if that's going to happen with how McDavid and Drysaddle are playing, but Barkov's definitely been on fire this year, and they've been one of the best teams. So this definitely hurts the Panthers. Agreed. Yeah. Uh, obviously, we talked about Ryan Pulak. He's out four to six weeks with lower body injury. I just know he. I watched it obviously on TV. He blocked the shot in the Tampa Bay Lightning game. Went to the bench in a lot of pain, played one shift, and then didn't return for the game, and then was out against Florida. They released today. He's out four to six weeks. And Sammy Blay, I said it right, Sammy Blay, out for the season. 
torn is it ACL? That is correct. That hurts. That that definitely hurts the Rangers. Yeah, it's a ligament broken. Oh, oh, it hurts yeah. the Rangers. Huh? No, I, I I think it does hurt the Rangers a lot. <laughs> Especially you added him for depth and. We got a cap dump. That was the that was the main thing. But he turned out to be a good player. So what we do now? Right, great question. Call up Offman. I, I like. I have no idea. There's, Give the kid a shot. I don't know. There's again. Put him on LTIR. You get some cap, and then I could definitely see if the Rangers are continuing this success, and you, you could you have, they have a good. There's a good feeling that this team is going to be in the postseason. Hundred percent. You see this team making a move at the deadline. A hundred percent. Little Philip Forsberg. So, well, I mean, if they're gonna, who knows if they're gonna go for something really big, but definitely with he's, a. He's like a tier two. I'll take I'll take a Philip Forsberg. Oh, who wouldn't? I'll take Forsberg and I'll take a, I'll take a Tomas Hurdle. So would I. Like Tarasenko would be dick sucking. Like that. That's the shit where I put like an emergency fucking podcast out and be like, "Yo, wait the fuck up, Rangers, bro. This is this is the key to success right here." But yeah. I don't think we're shooting that high. Thing is, is no, it, I got the cap. Does Tarasenko? I mean. The Blues are looking good. Like, does Sarah, Tarasenko actually want to leave? Like, and Blues just fucking lost to the last place team in the league yesterday I at know. home. I know. So, I, I don't know about the Blues anymore. I really don't. I, I honestly think Minnesota's the top team in the Central. Minnesota's Minnesota or Winnipeg has got to be. St. Louis started off real hot, and then they just slowly, slowly started, you know, losing games they shouldn't have lost to. Nashville, L.A. It's just, yeah. I don't know. I don't get the good vibes from St. Louis anymore. But. Yeah. What's that? So I, I do think that hurts the Rangers, especially if they were to make the postseason. As those are that's a third liner that has been playing unbelievable so far, and obviously everyone knows to to make a run in the postseason, you need thir- you need a good third line, and you definitely need a good fourth line. So other other notable things in the league right now: Toronto heating up. Toronto's seriously turned it around after this little start. Jack Campbell's playing like a Vesna winner. Austin Matthews and Marner finally picking it up. Tavares playing at a point-per-game level. This team is very dangerous right now. Uh, my Pacific Division winners, my prediction, are probably the coldest team in the league right now. Oh, like, yeah. Uh, five goals a game, like nothing. Um, yeah. Vancouver, definitely. I don't know what the hell is going on there. Losing right now to Colorado. Yeah, one nothing. Uh, Again, I wouldn't be surprised if, to take the over in that game all the time. Whenever you see the fucking the Orca, take take the over. I think the other team might cover the over themselves. Yeah, um, we had two people, two players get into the thousand the thousand club. One was a thousand points. One was a thousand games. Andy Green, New York Islanders defenseman, played in his one thousandth game. And Ryan Getzlav recently just got his 1,000th point on a primary assist to Trevor Zegras, I believe. No, it wasn't Trevor Zegras. I forget who it was, but that was really cool to see. He's going to be a Hall of Famer. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say so. Olympic Olympic winner, Stanley Cup winner, 1,000 points. Come on. What else could you ask for? Not much out of a player. Congratulations to both of them. Um, yeah. Not much else, really. Uh, home opener, obviously, Saturday. I will be there. I know Timmy Kunz will be there. A lot of New York Islander fans will be there. I'm very excited to see what the stadium... I'm, it's crazy because I'm, we're seeing all these pictures on Twitter, and it's like, is this stadium even ready? Like, it's crazy. They're hosting something Friday night, a concert Friday night. So, And it's Wednesday. Well, it's Wednesday night now, so they got like, is this place going to be ready in two days? Like, I don't know, because when I look at the pictures, I'm like, no, like, there's still ladders everywhere, there's still boxes everywhere, like, uh, they still got to train the freaking workers, like, I, I don't know, I'm, I'm like, cra- I'm very, like, this stadium should have been built, like, a while ago, and then they should be testing everything to make sure everything runs smoothly, so I, who knows if opening nights could be a shit show, like, especially... These Islander fans have been fiending to go to a game. They're going to be drinking. Oh, there's a sign now in the parking lot that says no honking and no tailgating. Come on. What about that handicapped parking spot issue? Can we resolve that? I don't know what you're talking about. Okay. I, really, I, I hate to tell you. I really Something don't. with the capacity of what the rink holds. You guys need at least like 4% of the parking spots to be handicapped, and you guys were like 250 underneath that or something like that. I don't know. Something with the rules and regulations. I don't know, but there's going to be 48 bathrooms, so 
That's all I care about. Won't be after waiting on a line. Shaquille O'Neal has a chicken place inside the co- inside of the I'm gonna say Coliseum inside of the arena. The arena, the UBS arena. That's pretty cool. Um, Offside Tavern, the bar, the New York Islander bar that got shut down due to COVID, will be inside the arena. And Blue Line Deli, that's what it's called, right? Will be inside the arena, which is pretty cool. I think they collabed. Blue Line Deli actually collabed with Shaq. with Shaq. Uh, so there were, like, chicken sandwiches with the blue and orange roll. It was pretty cool, but... Yummy. Yeah. All, 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 all good things. I'm excited. I hope, you know, I think the fans will they'll drink enough beers before the game to really forget about the last four games, and hopefully we could come get a win. Throw enough cans on the fucking ice. I mean, bless, bless the ice. Not at, this, not at this stadium. Why not at this stadium? Because it's different. Different. There's going to be different fans. That's, that's for sure. That's something that'll be very interesting to watch because there obviously there was way different caliber fans between when you guys played at the Barclays, uh, Barclays and when you guys played at Nassau Coliseum. There were two two different fans. You had Loudville, but then the fan was to- like the fan base was totally different. So I'm very very interested to see exactly how these fans. I think the passionate are. fans will be here. I think it's gonna be loud. Like it's, I think it's, it's gonna be, but it's it's gonna be different. It's I mean, like if the Rangers move from Manhattan to like Queens, it's gonna be like it's different. Like it's the same. It's still New York City, but it's different. Like same same thing here. It's just it's not it's not gonna be the same. I can just guarantee that that opening night is gonna be, it's gonna be playoff intensity in there. Place is gonna be shaking. I I could guarantee that. So. So you say. Yeah. Okay, so you guys play on Sunday against what? The Toronto Maple Leafs. We play on Sunday versus the Buffalo Sabres. That gives us Monday, Tuesday rest. And uh, we'll see you there. Yeah, Wednesday, UBS Arena, Islanders, Rangers. That game's going to be nuts. So we'll, we'll, uh, we'll wrap this up. Again, keep voting on the polls. Keep asking us questions. Anything. Love it. I'm, fucking Rangers better wake up, bro. But I hope the Sabres kick the living shit out of them on Sunday so that they get a nice fucking ass whooping in the locker room and then they come out like the best team in the NHL. They're going to play like the Edmonton Oilers in the in the first period all throughout the game on Wednesday. All throughout the game. It's going to be a three-goal three goal differential in favor of the away team. I'm right. fucking pumped right now. I hope. You guys better wake up. Stop playing like a bunch of assholes. I hope. Play fucking good hockey. I hope the Rangers lose too. Let's go Islanders, baby. Good talking.